Happy Wednesday, a.k.a. Hump Day to you and yours. On today's Locked On Blue Jay podcast, we're again joined by Sportsnet's Ben Ennis as we talk even more Toronto Blue Jay topics, things today like making the playoffs, John Schneider, Dalton Barshow, and the bullpen. Plus, I recently chatted with Blue Jay prospect guru Brennan Delaney, and some of that conversation will be in our third and final segment today, the rest tomorrow. And for today's portion of that conversation, in particular, we deep dive Davis Schneider. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays, Locked On Blue Jay podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Reminder, you can catch all Toronto Blue Jay games on Sirius XM. Wanted to shout out and say hello to some and thank some new YouTube subscribers on the Locked On Blue Jay podcast, uh, Jennifer Umansor. I hope I'm, I'm saying that name, that last name right, Jennifer, and R. Pratt. And to everydayers that are taking in the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast on YouTube and leaving comments, uh, people like Doug, Doug Edgar, uh, Dulcimeris, I see you and I thank you for that. Everydayers making the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast your first podcast listen, wherever you get your podcast every day. Thank you for that as well. Please and thank you. Leave that five-star rating. Earlier this week, I got together with Ben Ennis from Sportsnet and the fan to talk Blue Jay baseball. Yesterday, we aired part of that conversation. Now today, let's jump into the rest of it. Now, Ben, as far as the the Blue Jays making the playoffs. I get asked this a lot, and and I ha- this is one area I haven't wavered on. I mean, I would just be stunned beyond belief if the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays do not make the playoffs. Yes, currently not in the playoff spot. I get it, but we're in a stretch right now, Ben, where 11 of the last 12 series have been against playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Just two of the next six series are against playoff teams, and both of those series are at home. There's, there's about a two-and-a-half, three-week span that ends August and opens September, so go time, right? The pennant, the, the, the stretch run, pennant race, where it's it's all um, uh, Washington, uh, Oakland, Colorado, and Kansas City. And just before that is Cleveland, who is well below 500 right now, and maybe sellers are ready for Bieber, so who knows how they, what they'll look like. The schedule in the first half of the season has been such a bear, Ben. I mean, mm-hmm. 25 of the first 37 games were, were on the road. And, and we know it's not nefarious, right? It's because of the renovations. But it's been incredible. They they, they had a stretch of, of 30 games in 31 days. Usually in 31 days, Ben, you have, what, three or four days off in there. They had one. So the schedule's been incredible. Just the fact that the Blue Jays are hanging around, I'm very happy with. Yes, we can deep dive. There's a lot of things with the offense. There's been some pitching mishaps. Alec Manoa isn't even around right now. Like, that's incredible. So certainly there are things we can deep dive. Yes. But big picture wise, Ben, I'm very pleased with. I think the Blue Jays are absolutely in in a prime position to make that playoff run, and and I'm and I'm still saying the Toronto Blue Jays are definitely making the playoffs this season. Are you wavering on that at all? Are you concerned on that at all? I mean, I'm concerned, but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I wouldn't say they're in a great position. I mean, they, they, what are they six and seventeen against the American League East? Um, but they have the they have the best record outside of their division in all of major league baseball which is keeping them afloat i would i mean to your point the major league baseball season is interminably long it just lasts mm. forever and ever and <laughs> ever and ever and this blue jays team after dropping those four straight in seattle a season ago what were they a couple of games over 500 when when they fired charlie montoyo mm. we're talking about july right like we're talking about middle end of july yeah. bo bichette last season for this blue jays team was knocked down to seventh in, in the order in August. He was hitting seventh in August and then finished with the most hits in, in the American League and Blue Jays ended up with 92 wins. So a lot can can happen um, in, I, I guess, a short amount of time. But there's there's a ton of season left. I know we're like approaching the, the midway point um, 
numerically of, of, of the season. It just it hasn't been good enough. I mean, the, the biggest reason to have optimism, um, as long as you think that the, the pitchers are going to stay healthy, which, I mean, there's no guarantee there. I mean, mm-hmm. part of the the attraction of, of certainly a Jose Barrios and a Kevin Gossman to a lesser degree and, and Chris Bassett is those guys' durability. So it's it's not it shouldn't necessarily be a surprise that those guys have been super healthy. But the Blue Jays have had, it must be said, the best injury luck in all of Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. If, you, if, you, if you believe in the starting pitching, which I do, as long as it's healthy, I mean, the biggest reason for optimism as far as this team going on a tear and ending up with a bunch of wins down the stretch is, well, part of it is, like you said, the schedule opening up a little bit. But the other thing is there is, despite the the, the Vlad of it all, the, the hitting with runners in scoring position, it can't be ignored. This, this team is hitting for average. They, they've got a their top, I think, top seven in Major League Baseball and batting average. They're 25th with runners in scoring position, which is – Unless, you know, you're the only person on planet Earth that believes that hitting with runners in scoring position is a repeatable skill that you can count on. And there's some guys that can do it and some guys can't, which we've seen over and over and over again is not not a reality. Then this team is going to have a stretch where they you know, it might even be a month where they they hit the cover off the ball with runners in scoring position. And as much as I, this Rangers team is has put together a nice offensive season and and there's reason to believe that they're they've got staying power at the top of that that division so much of what's made them great is hitting like 370 this Jeez. season with runners in scoring position the blue jays you know they kind of had a similar start last year with runners in scoring position there were it was like i think lourdes guriel jr was like it felt like he was one for 40 or something with runners in scoring position at the uh at the all-star break and then he went on a terror as we all recall as well so it can it can change i would say that's that's just dumb luck with with runners in scoring position would be the the biggest reason to believe that this offense can turn around even without Vlad, you know, resurfacing his uh, resurfacing his twenty twenty one form. And even to your point as well, Ben, you talk about that Texas team with runners in scoring position. Well, they were zero for sixteen against the Blue Jays coming into coming into Sunday's game on Friday and Saturday. So as you say, I mean that that that's an ebb and flow. That's not something that's repeatable. Couldn't agree more there. Uh, ben, really want to get your thoughts here on John Schneider. Now, mm-hmm. from start to finish. I've been uh, I, I've been I, I've been not happy here. And when I say start to finish, I'm talking about the, the that whole coaching, the, the the way that he was brought into the mix as, as the full time Blue Jay manager. Toronto Blue Jays did not even wait until the World Series was over. So by rule, they didn't even know who who was who was interested in the job. They didn't bring in anybody to interview. None of the the, the Joe Maddens. There were so many veterans of the American League East out there. And I'm not even saying they end up with one of these guys, Ben, but how many times have we seen you, you cover all the sport. How many times have we seen in, in, in so many sports when, when there's managerial searches, they bring in guys. Sometimes they bring in guys to pick their brains, to get ideas going forward about their organization. Like there was none of that done. They, they, they pulled the trigger on, on John Schneider that quickly. So, it's not like other teams were, were clamoring to bring him in. They couldn't even talk to John Schneider by rule yet. That's A. And B, what could they have seen in 2022 that made them say, this? what managerial search? This has got to be our guy. Let's pull this trigger. So from start to finish, I didn't like it. I did not think he was the right person from the job, Ben. As this season has played itself out, oh, Ben, it's the reason for this. It's the reason for the bold mm. head right now, the, the managerial decisions. I'll tell you that right now. I really hope Don Mattingly was going to help with some of these uh, lineup decisions, in-game decisions. I have not seen it. I'm very down on this situation, Ben Ennis. Where are you? Yeah, as far as the process uh, before the season, Mike, I, you won't be able to convince me otherwise that this team didn't at least make some sort of um, back-channel attempt ah. to, 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 to talk to 
Terry Francona engage his interest in in oh, leaving I love that. Cleveland yeah. um, because of the connection, obviously. Yeah. Mark Shapiro and 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 Tito, but uh, there was the health issues. There was the loyalty he felt to that organization. So I mean, I believe that's why it took as long as it did. And you're right. I mean, I, it could have played out a little bit longer, uh, but there were times there were you know you, you have an interim uh, manager, a guy that you know the team had a pretty good record with him in the second half of last season after he took over. That is true uh, for uh, Charlie Montoya. Yeah. Um, but I, I believe Terry Francona was their guy. He was a guy, obviously, with uh, postseason experience mm-hmm. and uh, a pretty impeccable resume. But yeah, once they realized that wasn't going to happen, I, I and we, we've seen it time and time again in in Major League Baseball in in 2023, 2020, like in in the recent vintage in Major League Baseball. Whether it's it's right or wrong, so many front offices view that position as a plug and play, right? Like as a as somebody who is you know has a level of autonomy but not to the degree at which a manager might 20 30 40 years ago right like you you're given a game plan and the front office isn't telling you exactly how to fill out your lineup card but pretty damn close um and yeah you there's there's some in-game decisions that that you know can can swing the balance of a game certainly and and again you have a level of autonomy but there's pitching strategy conversations between all the coaches and the front offices involved in that before the game as well. There's as much as we have a lot of information at our disposal and I love fan graphs and I love stat cast and I love baseball savant and all that stuff. Like the, the amount of information that major league baseball is like the proprietary information that they have and swing path stuff. And, and the, some of the, the, the things that they're using to, to make decisions uh, which we don't have access to, and maybe down the line we will. But that I, I just these these front offices do not view that as a, a position where you need to go outside and and get a, a, other than Terry Francona. But it just I mean, you look at some of the hirings that they would indicate that that most front offices believe that somebody that had that is aware of of the system that you're your team puts in place that it has a good relationship with the front office and is a people person. And John Schneider, mm-hmm. of course, his minor league track record and being the manager, Bo Bichette and Kevin Biggio and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I mean, that, that plays into it as well. I, I, I think it, you just need a guy who's, uh, who's able to, to, to keep everybody from punching each other in the face over 162 <laughs> game, six month regular season. And I think they got that with John Schneider, but I, I don't disagree with you with, with some of the the strategic decisions we've made, some of the lineup decisions that we've made. And beyond that, the number one rallying cry for this team, as far as their ability to get better uh, coming off that 92 win season and the 0-2 in the playoffs was this discussion of clean baseball. Uh, yeah. Where's that been? Yeah, I mean, we, we, Right out of the gates, we didn't see it for a month. I mean, it cost them dearly at stretches. I mean, you want to go back to to yesterday, Sunday, the the final game of the Rangers yeah. series. You got, you know, Vlad not keeping his head up as Bose, you know, shuts it down the the double steal. I mean, defensive uh, miscues are, I guess, maybe in a different pile. But no, we've just seen it time and time again with this team that they can go through lapses where where they they don't look like the cleanest baseball team in the world. And is that all on John Schneider? I guess not, but some of it has to be, mm-hmm. I would think. And he was, mm-hmm. again, the vocal leader of, of that being a, yeah. a, a key point of the, the 2023 Blue Jays. We just, we haven't seen it 
nearly enough this season. Um, the, the story on John Schneider hasn't been written, but it's hard to it's hard to have glowing reviews after about a half. Well, I, we almost have, I guess, a full season's worth of data now. More with Ben Ennis in a moment here as we get into some Dalton Var show and some bullpen topics. Reminder, you can catch all the Toronto Blue Jay games on SiriusXM. Now, I want to mention and praise the GameTime app. GameTime.co, the best place to get your tickets, especially your last-minute tickets. Buying tickets to your favorite events, I mean, it shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, theater, you name it, near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're about to have. That guarantee I'm talking about, that game time guarantee, it means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Everydayers will know. I haven't been to a Blue Jay game in years. I, I prefer watching them at home. You have the replays, you're in the comfort of your own, own home, all that goodness. Well, I wanted to see the renovations, right? So I use the game time app. And I've used it now a few times this season and we'll use it a few more times this season. And for me, it's the ease of use. It's two clicks and you're done. Now, that simple. The tickets are sent right to your phone so you're not fiddling around. Uh, did I send it to the email? Which email address? That you There's nothing like that. It's right on your phone. Show the phone to the ticket taker and enjoy your event. Snag tickets without the stress with game time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB. It's going to get you $20 off your first purchase. The terms apply. Now, again, create, a, create an account, redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB. That's $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays, here with Ben Ennis from the Fan Drive Time. Ben, there was just uh, coming down on Shapiro and Atkins, but I'm going to I'm going to flip it on its ear because I, I really, truly and I've said this many, many times. I really, truly believe that the Blue Jays from a regime standpoint have never been in better hands than Shapiro and Atkins, because for the first time in franchise history, a sustainable contender has been built. We all love the 92 and 93, but that was the, the top payroll right in baseball those two years and it wasn't sustainable by 94 they were one of the worst teams and then between 93 and 2015 when they made the playoffs again they were the they were the only team in north american sports who hadn't made the playoffs during that time so just cutting a check every year you know it isn't going to be sustainable so i do like a lot of what shapiro and atkins have done one thing i do one covered bear thing that that i do think you know that, that i do have to say about shapiro and atkins is that young high upside outfielder that hits the big league level that's got that controllable salary and and you know has that high upside we haven't seen them develop that player at all so from that standpoint i get why a guy like dalton varsho would have been the trade target when you're trading uh, you know a, a gabby a gabriel moreno so i absolutely understand the the point of that trade i still remain excited about the trade because i think it's you know it's going to play itself out over several years right i know the Fan is short for fanatic, right, Ben? So everybody wants to be fanatical and just dive into where we are right now. What's Moreno doing right now? What's Lord is doing right now? I, I get all of that. Now, Varsho, Ben, the from 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 a stat standpoint and from a from a mind's eye standpoint. I mean, this guy from from an eye test standpoint, this guy seems to be picking it up a little bit. Where are you on that trade, and, and where are you with Dalton Varsho going forward? You, are you excited about this guy? Yeah, I mean, he's. He, he's what, got an OPS over 900 uh, in in the month of June. He's, I, I think he was put in a, a, a pretty pretty brutal spot out of the mm. gates, right? This is a guy who's changing leagues, who's uh, been traded for the first time in his entire career, and opening day he's hitting fourth on a team with with Jeez. World mm. Series aspirations, position that we saw maybe once in in spring training. 
and he had a couple of hits, I guess, in the opener in St. Louis. But that was, I, I mean, not a not a fair situation. You look at the the numbers, and you know, I mentioned the runners in scoring position thing and how they're they're hitting twenty fifth in Major League Baseball. There, you look at the the number of plate appearances they uh, plate appearances that they have uh, had with runners in scoring position. It's uh, among the most in Major League Baseball. And at the top is is Matt Chapman, but I, I still think number two is Dalton Varsho. And that's because he was hitting fourth for the, for the first month of the season. Now, if this Dalton Bar show that we've seen for the last, you know, three weeks, four weeks, if that guy was hitting fourth, I think you'd have different results. Um, clearly, though, they targeted some players that would improve their outfield defense, felt that that was a, it was an area of concern um, that that this team would hit enough that you could you could get through uh, some offensive lulls with guys that had pretty severe platoon splits and, and, and Varsho did last season. Um, but that his defense would make up for that. Now the offense is you rightly point out is really ticked up a notch. Um, and against lefties, he's kind of held his own as well, but the power certainly has been there and he's playing elite level defense. Yeah. So yeah, is it, is, is that worth, you know, a, a, one of the best defensive catchers in major league baseball and a guy who's, is holding his own offensively. I know Gabriel Moreno's extra base power hasn't been there, um, but he's hitting close to, to 300. It's, it's, I mean, those, those, those type of guys in Moreno can, can, can be linchpins of, of world series victories you know, talking mm-hmm. about Buster Posey's and the Joe Mowers of the world. So you have to be determined if he's quite that. I don't know if Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is one of the best DHs in all of major league baseball, which he was for the first month before he suffered. I think it was a neck injury or something. So that part doesn't look so great. But I think Dalton Varsho has been everything they expected him to be. Certainly outside of the the month of April. Certainly once they they let him take a breather, you know, hitting him down in the order, and now he's getting a chance mm-hmm. back up uh, in the top four. Um, but yeah, that this is what they wanted. This is a guy who who hit 27 home runs last year, yeah. but but was kind of a league average hitter outside of that. Not 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 a huge on base guy and certainly not a big batting average guy but he is a very valuable player because of the elite defense that he plays they've gotten that he hasn't played center field most on the team i mean because they have maybe the generation's best center fielder on the roster but no i i think uh at the end of the season you'll look at that trade as you know i think both sides got what they wanted and blue jays wanted a guy that plays elite defense and can hold his own offensively they've certainly gotten that to to this point in the season Nice. I actually like that, Ben. A lot of fans really like the deep dive trades and be like, hey, one team, you know, fleece. I, I like when trades work out, to be honest with you, Ben, <laughs> for, for both teams. Because uh, I, I think it promotes, you know, a lot more trades going forward, a lot more action for us to, to deep dive and discuss. Uh, ben, a lot has been made about the Toronto Blue Jay bullpen. Is this a World Series bullpen? And I put that in quotes because I've never heard, what's the definition of a World Series bullpen? I, I think you and I might have gotten, if if we let the Phillies know we were available last season, we might have gotten time in that Phillies pen last season, and they went to the World Series. So what is this World Series? I, I really don't know. But either way, you've got Pearson now coming up. He's trying to do his thing. We'll get Pop back soon, some some CanCon there. We'll get some Canadian content. We'll get Zach Pop back soon. And hopefully, uh, at some point this season, Green will be back. Ben, I'm holding out hope that, because you know how the Blue Jays want to monitor uh, young arms. So I, I wonder if this Ricky Tiedemann injury right now is a blessing in disguise because there's no wear and tear happening on his arm right now. So could he contribute to this bullpen at the end of the season? Long story short, I like this Blue Jay bullpen. I think it has a lot of potential. 
are you been amongst the seemingly majority of Blue Jay fans who say, no, 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 Craig, we definitely need one or two more arms to shore up this bullpen? Or do you think those one or two arms are the Pearson, the Pop, the Green, maybe the Tiedemann? What What are you making of this Toronto Blue Jay bullpen? Well, I think that's a two-parter. I think one, yeah, it's it's it, if you go down the list of things that have been problematic for the Blue Jays this season, you, you, you're hitting a number of different items before you get to the bullpen. It, mm. uh, it has not been an issue by and large. Uh, I know they've had some notable blow-ups. Uh, the first bullpen game, of course, where uh, Adam Simber and, and Mitch White um, uh, blow that lead <laughs> uh, last week. Yeah, but outside of – I mean, just look at the numbers. It, people wanted this this bullpen to have more swing and miss in it. And while you know Eric Swanson doesn't throw 105, um, he strikes people out. Jordan Romano has been everything the Blue Jays would have expected out of him and more. And I know Nate Pearson wasn't so uh, so great yesterday, again, on Sunday – but Blue Jays are second in Major League Baseball in, in strikeout percentage among mm-hmm. relief cores in Major League Baseball. And as far as the, the Ricky Tiedemann situation, yeah, obviously got off to a great start. His first couple outings in AA were great. He started to tail off a little bit after that, and you wonder if that was injury-related. I, I did think if he stayed healthy all season long, you would see him at some point in, in the Major Leagues wow. this year. I don't know... I don't necessarily know what the injury does to to that timeline, but I will say that I'm of the belief when you have, if you've got a, a pitching prospect that's getting people out and throws hard, you, it's probably prudent to get that to get those live bullets uh, in the major leagues as as soon as possible because those things don't last forever. So um, yeah, if he's if he returns the second half of the season. And he's stretched out to a, a couple of innings. Could he be a back end of the bullpen relief option? You know, a la like a David Price uh, rookie season for, for for the Rays. I mean, I wouldn't rule it out, but I know they're 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 not going to risk his long term development right. for the sake of some short term success. Um, but yeah, we, we got to see him be healthy though first. Well, Ben, thank you so much for your time today. Anybody listening, I mean, you, they're, they're probably following you already. If not, they should be, but they, they could hear, obviously, I mean, just a, a ton of baseball knowledge here, Ben. So for those of you who, who for, aren't following your work or, or, or want to know, you know, where can I see even more of, of Ben Ennis? So where can the good people uh, uh, watch your work and, and catch up with you, Ben? Uh, yeah, at, uh, on Twitter, uh, at Sportsnet Ben, like you said. Uh, yeah, so fan drive time. Aaron, uh, three to five on Sportsnet 590, the fan podcast is available at wherever you get your, your podcast. I'm filling in for Jeff Blair again today as I've been uh, the last few days on uh, Blair and Barker. So well, uh, I don't know when you post this, but uh, on Monday, I'll be on five to seven with Kevin Barker. But uh, most weekdays, three to five on uh, on Sportsnet 590, the fan. And, and again, you can check out the podcast. I tweet out the links to the podcast as well. So if you follow me on Twitter, you can get that. So the B&B of Blair and Barker just continues That's to be right. the B&B. With, hey, a smooth transition. I love that. Absolutely love that. Ben, thanks so much for your time today. I hope we can catch up again soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Third and final segment today, we're going to be joined by Blue Jay prospect guru Brendan Delaney. Now, some of this conversation, deep diving the Blue Jays prospects, is coming right up. Now, the rest will be on tomorrow's Locked on Blue Jay podcast, so be sure to check that out. Now, for this first part of my conversation with Brendan Delaney, let's let's dive in. Craig Ballard, Locked on Blue Jay podcast. Very, very pleased to be joined by Brendan Delaney. Now, I, I have two, in, in my mind, for my money, Big-time prospect gurus that I really respect and enjoy following them had Aram Lighton from Just Baseball on last week, talking Toronto Blue Jay farmhands. 
Brendan Delaney, another one I absolutely respect. I really enjoy following him on Twitter. You see the Twitter handle right there. Does a lot of really good deep dives into Toronto Blue Jay prospects. So first of all, Brendan, I'll give you a chance to say hello to the good people. But but as well, Brendan, I, I mean, start off with so many in the fan base are deep diving, have that passion, have their eyes on the major league product, the major league level. I know you do too, but somewhere along the lines, you developed a real passion for the minor league prospects and system as well, Brennan. So say hello to the good people here and sort of give us a give us an idea of what's brought you to be such a prospects guru. So my name is Brennan Delaney. Uh, I didn't play high. I didn't play any baseball growing up or anything. I just uh, it was on every day in the summer. It's the only sport on in the summer, so therefore I like baseball. Um, honestly, I just I started watching M. And ILB TV, the uh, the oh, minor wow. league. Yeah, I started uh, like it's hard to get into it. You obviously know your top thirties. You would read about them, but to go deeper into it, you kind of just have to watch. And then you eventually mm. how it worked for me. I just eventually started knowing everyone's name. Okay, there's so and so doing really well. So that's how I got into it. And obviously, over time, I started writing as well. I think I bought MILB TV back in like wow. 20, 2018 awesome. or something like that because Vlad and Biggio, yeah. Bichette, they played in New Hampshire at that time. So I wanted to watch more baseball because it's baseball. I love baseball. So did that. And ever since I've accidentally forgotten to cancel the subscription, and <laughs> here I am watching more uh, minor league baseball. Well, I'm thankful because I got a lot of knowledge from you. I know the, a lot of the, the Blue Jay fan base as well. Let's jump into, uh, Brennan, a, a dealer's choice right out of the gate here because you mentioned, you know, it's easy to follow up on those top 30, but there's significantly more than 30 players in the minors who have their designs on on big league performance, you know, big league uh, uh, contributors one day, right? Of course. So, and, and it could be somebody in the top 30, Brennan, but, but who is somebody that right out of the bat, you're sitting there saying, you know who's a prospect that is going to contribute to the Blue Jays? And Brennan, I'll sort of... I'll say, you know, either this season or next season. So somebody who's on the verge of contributing to the Toronto Blue Jays that is just not getting a lot of play, is just not getting a lot of coverage right now. Uh, David Schneider has huh? started to get that recognition, but I'm go I'm going to go with Rafael Antigua. Um, he's been in the minor league system, I, sent, I think, since 2017. Hasn't got a lot of recognition. He's, he would always rank near the back end in my top 50s, and I know that a few other guys who do the – Rankins as well also have him there. It's just an excellent defender, utility player, plays all over the place, just an excellent hit tool as well. He mm -hmm. will get on base for you. I think he has more walks than strikeouts this year as well. That'll work. Uh, has some power in his bat too, just excellent player. And they're really good at finding those hitter first, like hit for average, get on base type of players that also play all over the place. They're really good at developing those players. And what level is he at right now? He's in AAA. Right now. Okay, so could be on the doorstep here. Okay, that is exciting. Now, you mentioned David Schneider. Let's jump into David Schneider because yeah, this is somebody who's, who seems, you know, from, from somebody who's not deep diving the prospects like yourself, Brandon, this is somebody who seems to have you know, rapidly emerged onto the scene. Uh, what I really liked when Arm Layton uh, broke him down for us last week is it seems like the 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 – the cause for his success this season are changes that he's made. So it's not just like a lucky streak. And they seem like things that are sustainable. Where I'm really intrigued on David Schneider, Brennan, is when you look at how the Blue Jays are using him right now at AAA, second base, left field. 
on the big league level, Whit Merrifield, second base, left field, and Whit Merrifield's days, unfortunately, I'm a Whit Merrifield fan, but I think, I think it's true to say his days as a Toronto Blue Jay are numbered. Could you see it being that that simple, Brennan, that cut and dry, that Whit Merrifield leaves as a free agent, David Schneider takes his place for the 2024 Toronto Blue Jays? I think there's a lot of players that, like, Again, they have their utility players that play all over the place, like Kevin Vigio, not so much Santiago uh, Espinal, but they have a lot of those players, and they have a lot of them in the minor leagues too. So Rafael Antigua, Otto Lopez, David Schneider, Addison Barger, a whole bunch of players that can fill that role. But right now, David Schneider is in the running and probably at the top because of the 14 home runs, which I was big on David Schneider last season. I did not expect him to hit 14 home runs through his uh, – didn't write down how many plate appearances, but it's under 250. Well, he put it this way: the Lucas last year. What, what, and Lucas led AAA last season with 11. So to yeah. have David Schneider already at 14, Brennan speaks to your point. Yeah, he's the, the, just, and it's not just that he's not just a power guy. He has an excellent eye at the plate. I think he has a walk rate above like 16 right now, mm-hmm. and he had that throughout all of last season as well. Um, the big change, uh, I think, Baseball America covered this. Um, he has a really high exit velocity average exit velocity which has really helped him hit for more power as well but he goes opposite field all the time with home runs too it's just he's been incredible this season i didn't see him coming well as much as he has and and i'll spare you and i'll spare our viewers the my my want of david schneider in john schneider out that's a different category right that's a different conversation we'll stick with the we'll stick with the prospects here you mentioned addison barger and and i want to get into barger and orell this uh, i've long thought that the blue jays would lose Whit merrifield at the end of the season would lose matt chapman at the end of the season but i wasn't devastated by that because there's there's guys and now davis schneider in that mix who i think need a position at the big league level next season now, Brendan, I'm one of the you know extreme minority people. I never gave up on Arelvis. I've been a, I've been massive, massive, massive on Arelvis on, on Arelvis from day one. Continue to be massive on Arelvis. Let's. I know you mentioned Barger earlier. I want to get the Barger, but let's start with Arelvis just because I'm such a fan. I'm so excited about Arelvis Martinez. What, what do you see him uh, projecting out at, at the big league level? When do you see him being a contributor on the big league level? Ooh, am I being sneaky here? Because if you want to hear the answer about Arelvis and a lot more about Toronto Blue Jay prospects, then be sure to tune in tomorrow on the Locked On Blue Jay podcast. For now, keep it locked on the Locked On Podcast Network and check out Solly hosting Locked On MLB. And keep in mind that all Toronto Blue Jay games are available on Sirius XM. Go Jays go, and we'll talk tomorrow.